Today, I'm speaking about in God's will, in his time. And I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. See then that you walk, not irresponsibly, but diligently and wisely, redeeming the time, because we live in times of much corruption. Therefore, do not be thoughtless, but seek to understand what the will of the Lord is. And the word used for will here in the will of the Lord is thelema, which is a heart wish. And that is God's heart to bless us by bringing us into his will for our life. It is what he desires for us. And the word for redeeming used here is Exagorazo in the Greek, which means to rescue from loss, to improve opportunity, and to buy up or ransom. And the word used for time in redeeming the time is kairos, which is God's appointed time, not chronos, which is clock time, which is what we're used to. The two things exist side by side, they have a different quality. Now, there are times when God brings us to a place of surrendering our will to his so that we can become the person he's truly created us to be. These are times of change for us, where there comes a break from our past way of seeing things and doing things, a change of thinking. And the original word for that in the Greek language is metanoia, which is the word for repentance. And that is an ongoing experience every day of our lives. A new vision of seeing things new, God's way. That is God redeeming the time for us in his appointed timing for a new beginning for us in his will for our journey in life. We look forward to that, have an expectation. Sometimes it's a shock or a challenge, but it's there. Redeeming means that God is able to buy back and restore all that we've grieved over as being lost. He won't bring the same things back, the same years with the same circumstances, or the same people and the same events, but he brings something new and something better. His redeeming power will bring all things new, whether they've been there before or not. So. His redeeming power renews time that we think has been wasted. Effort that's come to nothing. Hopes that have been dashed. God's redemption buys back for us all his plans and purposes and gets us on track with his great desire for our blessing as his child. It means new and better opportunities, new and better understanding of his will for us in all things. It always gets better. That is the ongoing, behold, I make all things new promise of Jesus. When we become conscious that God is doing that reordering and redeeming work in our lives as an ongoing thing, that moment of redeemed time, as we capture that moment, makes up for all lost time and places us in his will for an all things new future. It's not like, 
well, thank you, Lord, that you're showing me that I've got a new future. I'll try and get used to that idea and I'll try and make it happen to bring it to pass. He says, no, start now. It has happened in my will for you. Rejoice. I'm making all things new. Take this moment as being a, the first moment of this all things new future. Now, the Apostle Paul, he made up for all the wasted time and effort of his evil persecution of Christians in one moment of time. So you see what I mean? Just one moment. He took that moment and said, this looks like a little bit different to everything else I've ever known in all of my life. All things new. And he was on the road to Damascus. But how could Paul know how to get into line with God's design in God's appointed time until he knew who he was meant to be. Well, his name was changed from Saul to Paul, but God had to tell Paul who he was. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, he speaks to Ananias in a vision, his disciple Ananias, to go and tell Paul that he was a chosen vessel to carry God's presence with him at all times and to tell him what things he would suffer in his name, in the doing of his will. And that's Jesus inviting us into the fellowship of his sufferings. That was a job description for Paul. You're going to be suffering things. God also tells us who we really are by being joined in spirit. We are joined in the one spirit with Jesus to realise that we can occupy the same eternal time frame as he does. Jesus lives beyond time, but we enter into that when we say we're joined in one spirit with you. So we know that you are with us wherever we go, and we're with you. And this becomes a new way of living. And I believe God wants us to experience this as an ongoing way of being renewed in our mind and knowing that more and more clearly, no matter what's happened in the past or no matter what things would seem to threaten us as we go on, we'll be occupying the same time frame of Jesus, that Kairos appointed time with him because we believe in him, God with us. In John 12, 26, it says, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honour him. So the above scripture shows us that, well, it shows us who we're meant to be. We're his child, with him, sons and daughters of the Father. And where we are meant to be at any given time is being with Jesus and sharing in what he's doing. How do we know what he's doing? we will understand what he's doing as the Holy Spirit shows us what his heart is for us and through us in that situation. And Jesus was the only person who did not need redeeming of the time. He didn't have to worry about past regrets, things that he'd gotten wrong in his life. He knew who he was all the time. And he knew where he was and where he was going with the Father in the Father's empowering grace. Whatever plans Jesus made as a person, 
was a human being just like us, was surrendered into the will of the Father, and the Lord would be there with him. Paul must have asked himself at times, why am I in prison? Why did I just get sick with a disease of the eyes? Why did I get shipwrecked, beaten up, ignored and insulted? The answer is, that is where Jesus was. He led Paul into that. It wasn't some mistake. And we can be where he is at any time in his grace that allows us to say, I'm okay here, this is tough, but you're with me because I'm with you. And I've surrendered this time to you. That's a new way of living. That's the way it was designed to be. We're not in control of, of, of the things that act upon us. But if we know that God is always acting upon us, then we can act upon things with God. Because God acts upon things. Things don't act upon God. They don't push him around. And he steers us through every single thing. We can become fixated with chronos time, everyday clock time. We think that's what's important. Now it's this other way of thinking that's important. But the clock time, the chronos time, focuses on what happened yesterday, what might happen tomorrow. That does seem to take a lot of time, doesn't it? Now God is always in kairos time. He's not worried about yesterday. And he's bringing about tomorrow. This is God's appointed time. And they're two different worlds of time. Chronos time, TikTok, and God's appointed time. His purpose that has meaning, even though it can be difficult and a challenge. And the two worlds of time exist side by side. It's only people that know that Jesus lives in this eternal time frame and has us with him that can live in that time with him. Otherwise, they're imprisoned in clock time. And the threat of uncertainty of what it holds, we don't know what it holds, but we can be certain that we'll be with Jesus in it and him with us. And God is always drawing us out of our preoccupation with clock time and the pressures that it brings. You think of the pressures of clock time. Wasted time. Lost time, not enough time, too late time. He is always drawing us out of there and inviting us into his Kairos appointed time. And we settle. Thank you, Lord, I'm here with you in a traffic jam or whatever it might be. And this is not wasted time. But on the positive side, an example of this occurs when the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray for someone. And when you do, you will be where Jesus is. Not just because he's with you, but at that moment, Jesus is with that person in their need. See, you, you actually, in being with Jesus, you actually travel through space, as it were, and you're in another place. But it's where Jesus is, in his time, and he's with you. And you're with him in his time. That's what Kairos time can do. It puts you in places where Jesus is, by faith. That's why your prayer is powerful. 
So Jesus is there with that person in their need and you're praying with them and they don't know that Jesus might be with them. But you do. And you are part, as I said, of that being there because that's where your prayer is going. And you go there in that place of oneness with Jesus. God is blessed by this timing. He loves to see that. You travel with him into a person's place of need where he is as well. Because at that moment, creatively arranged by God for you, your heart beats with his. You don't have to sit there worrying, thinking, oh, I wonder if this prayer is working. You're there, Jesus is there. He knows his will for that person. And the person you're praying for is also blessed when you pray. In whatever way God may choose to do that. We can't kind of prescribe. We want that particular blessing for this person. Now, we can desire it. But if our prayer is surrendered, we can know that as we go there with Jesus, we say, Lord, you're doing something wonderful that's beyond far above all that I could ask or think, thank you, <laughs> hallelujah, what a prayer. And you become blessed because there's no greater meaning for you in that moment than in what you are doing then. You don't do two things at once. When you're praying, you do it and you say, Lord, you're here, I'm here with you, what a privilege. You're doing something wonderful beyond what I could understand and it's good and I just feel to say thank you. Then in due course, you'll see what God has done. So that moment releases you into God's love and peace and joy. And that moment brings about change for God's will to be done. See how creative we can be in the presence of God by faith. We're partners in his creativity simply by agreeing that his will is being done and we surrender to that. We all want things to change for us and to change for the better. And there are many sincere people in the world getting swept up with the new ideas that roar through the world like a storm. Big ideas. They try harder with all the new ideas, new experiences, new challenges, new pathways. But life doesn't bring the change that they want. Having new ideas is not the same as becoming a new person living with God's idea of who we are. We're God's vessels that carry his presence into where he's taking us. He accomplishes that purpose despite our going around in circles or getting distracted. We think, oh, maybe I've lost the will of God. And God says, no, I, I counted all of that into the equation that you'd go around in circles and you'd get distracted. I haven't gone anywhere. The Lord said, I'm with you, going around in that circle. However, we need to be able to not feel that we are limiting God by not consciously being there all the time. We can simply decide we will be there in our heart and mind with God at any time. When we're going about our daily clock time routine, and we maybe think that that kind of boring routine is separate from doing God's will, we simply bring that chronos clock time into God's appointed kairos time I'm bringing this routine now into a place with you. It's now your appointed time for you and me together, Lord. And the Lord says, wonderful. Well, I'm going to lift you into a place where I'm going to bring the heavenly thing into the earthly things. It might look routine to you, but when I'm with you, 
you're moving forward with me and my plan and purpose for you. Everything becomes new. So just let a person make this one discovery. The world cannot take us to where only God destined us to be. God moves forward with his overall plan for the world and that's something that basically is going to come to an end and it's, it's going to be quite a, a light show, that. The end of the world. But he's organised that. We don't have to worry too much about it. He's got that in hand. But he is also moving forward with his plan for our lives. And that's what's important. Let him look after the world. And then you allow him to look after you. There's an energy that directs us, moves us, carries us, even though we can't see where he's taking us. And we are consciously in that flow. And that energy is the hidden power of the wind of the spirit, which blows where it wills. And it takes you where he has you. And you find yourself in a place that you're very surprised to be. God says, it's all right, I'm here with you right now. We cannot see our final destination. But with this kind of faith, we see through the present disorder of this world system, which is under the tyranny of clock time. It doesn't have what you can have by faith. And we enter the parallel realm of eternal time, God's chorus time. God's grace lifts us across the bridge from the world of fear and stress time into stillness and trust time in one moment of time. And that's the redeeming of life and of time. It's how you redeem the time. We can only be amazed and grateful that all of us are being carried by this power. And perhaps we can only regret that we're not carried by it more willingly and more joyfully and more completely, but we can do something about that. We can learn to practice being carried by the power of his grace. And it need only take a minute of time where we consciously place ourselves in his time and in his presence. Same thing. He owns that time, that kairos. He's there. So when we go there, he's there. And we're, by faith, we're there with him. And this does not have to be some rapturous feeling of his presence, but a faithful acknowledgement of his nearness to us. Just acknowledge, you're near me, Lord. That's enough. The sense of God's presence comes and goes in a way that I don't understand. Sometimes there's a sense of presence, sometimes there's none. Grace is grace. It's a gift. And that's in God's hands. I'm in his hands. I just know that he's there. So this practice of coming into his presence closes the door on the power of anxiety and negative emotions and opens the door to receiving God's love and peace and it allows for a gracious transformation of our souls. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have time redeemed, brought back into a new and living way where you say, behold, I make all things new and I'm with you for all time, even until the end of this age. So we thank you, Lord, that we can enjoy this age. We know there's another one coming, but this one we can have filled with more than just what earth 
and this world provides, but with what heaven provides because of you, in Jesus' name. Amen.